Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Nintendo! Welcome to Nintendo Voice Chat for the week of July 30th, 2015. I'm your host, Jose Otero, and this is IGN's Nintendo Show. Joining me this week, a very confused and befuddled Brian Altano. Don't you always say from I- I- IGN headquarters in San uh, Francisco? Sometimes. We switch it up. Curveballs. Rap, rap. Ah. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> okay. And once again, Pear Schneider as well joining us this week. Guardians out. <laughs> oh, is that what you say now? They got you. To- oh, they told you about that. So yeah, I heard that you refuse to say. It. I do because it's lame. <laughs> oh, on your other on your other show, they actually have emotion too. Like they're like the the Temptations, That's like really, Guardians. Yeah, Guardians. Well, Destin and Fran are very much a boy band. They are. Yeah. yeah that, so. Have you seen? Uh, yeah, a lot of product in that hair for yeah. both of them. <laughs> right. So uh, we're back together again. Last week I was in Japan uh, for some cool stuff and for some vacation time. Uh, you, cool you stuff s- went well. You said I'm ta- last week uh, before you left for Japan. You said I'm going to Japan. I'm taking the show with me. And I didn't know what that meant, but you actually did take the show with you. Yeah. I was sitting here being like, yeah. "Is it is it gone? Is You're it coming we back? Got it back? You're did you we leave got it there? It yeah. yeah, no, no. Uh, no, I had an idea for us to meet uh, the number one uh, merchandise collector of Super Mario Brothers, and which is awesome. He's an awesome guy. Uh, if you listen to last week's show, Kikai was was you know he was a bit nervous on the show. I have to be honest, and I just want to give a few more uh, sort of impressions about him because um, we hadn't met before that interview. Like I, uh, you know, we knew each other through a mutual friend. Um, and I just kind of said, look, would he come on? And he was like, oh, yeah, for sure. Like, he, he would like to do it. I mean, and I got to paint the context for folks a little bit here in that in Japan, you know, we love video games. We talk about video games all the time on the show. And there are definitely people who appreciate and love video games in Japan. But one thing you don't see a lot of in Japan is a lot of celebration in mainstream media around video games. Meanwhile, like, it means so much to us. Like, we almost compare it to higher art. And I found out in Japan, like, that's not really the case. It's weird because on the one hand, it's always been more part of kind of like of going out, like of daily culture in Japan. Right? Yeah. When I lived there, 
it, college students, whether they were into games or not, would go to arcades. Like mm. you'd go get a couple of drinks, then you'd all go to arcades and play. Yeah. So and and obviously there are all the pachinko parlors, all that kind of stuff is everywhere. Games and gambling, everything is everywhere. But yeah, you're right. On television, there was very little to that point. Yeah. You know? Even though I mean, Famitsu Magazine, one of the biggest magazines in the world, yes. right? like a weekly video gaming magazine, huge. But that was kind of like its own audience, mm-hmm. and you know, people. I, I think there wasn't a lot of mixing, like you used. Yeah, yeah. So why so, is that? Yeah. Like, it's not. It's not. Are they're not ashamed of 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 video games? Is it? Games are kind of frowned upon a little bit, to be honest. I mean, it is seen as kind of a, and I don't mean like, oh, you shouldn't be playing games, but I mean, growing up for most kids. The my understanding is that the focus is you need to work on your studies, yeah. you need to work uh-huh. on getting a good job. This distraction stuff is is a, treated as such as a distraction. Huh. It's but tough I don't, to get into colleges, and then once you're in college, it's smooth sailing. That's kind of like yeah. the old Japanese. But look sailing. at like culturally, like even like these big Dragon Quest launches yeah. that we'd hear about all these years, or whenever a new system will come out, like in the '90s or in the early like 2000, mm-hmm. you'd, you'd hear about people just lining up yeah, at stores, yeah, yeah. and it was in Japan. We even talked to uh, our good friends at A4 last week, um, and. Uh, we're reminiscing on what it was like for hardware launches back then because, uh, you know, uh, one of the uh, folks on that show uh, filmed a really funny video for 1UP, uh, which I cared about a lot, where they were in line at different retailers trying to get a DS Lite. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, just jumping Some back to... Some of it has uh, shifted, right? Like games like Puzzle and Dragon are huge on yeah. mobile in, in Japan. And so there is, it's a little bit less like hardcore. It's It's... Like, everybody plays it, but it's not celebrated the way, like, you know, a classic game launch would have been. Like, yeah, when Final for sure. Fantasy came out in Japan. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah but then, anyway, just to wrap that up. So I'm really happy uh, with, you know, sort of getting the chance to meet him. And if the interview did seem a little awkward or he had a little bit to say, he was really nervous. But at the end of the day, um, he was also really sort of appreciative to just talk to Westerners because Westerners really care about this stuff. And yeah. he knows that. Um, so definitely thanks for checking that out if you have listened to that episode. And if you haven't, you should go back and listen. So uh, I'm going to describe the scene for folks who are listening to the audio version what? of this podcast. In front of Pear right now is roughly 70 cards from the Fire Emblem collectible card game, Fire Cypher. Emblem Cypher, which is uh, came out in Japan alongside Fire Emblem If slash mm-hmm. Fire Emblem Fates. Uh, and he is betting it all right I'm now. Playing Frederick on Frederick. Is that hap- is this happening here too? Are they going to release this card game to go along? <sighs> with the game? I don't think they've announced anything yet. No. Um, so in Japan, this came out alongside the game. There was also a Fire Emblem concert while I was in Japan. Actually, they had a 30th anniversary concert that Sakurai was the MC. Yeah, and they announced a manga for Fire Emblem, uh, j- and which is really smart because Fire Emblem is has a lot of drama, has a lot of characters. A lot of them are sort of endearing or fun characters at that. Like, I think that really could work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But no I, word on any of that stuff No, it'd be here. cool if they partner. They're obviously a couple of companies that are established makers of, of card games, right, from the living card to the trading card yep. games. And Nintendo has, you know, obviously there's been Pokemon and all that. Yep. Like, I don't think it would be that hard for them to... To test this out. I mean, the set looks really cool. Um, Jose brought back, you know, the two starter packs. One is based on the original Shadow Dragon, um, you know, the first, the Famicom game, which was really re-released on the DS. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's one set, so with all your favorite, like, Marth and everybody in it. And then the other starter kit is Awakening, so that's why I've got, like, you know, Lucina and Krom and everybody in front of yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the foil cards are nice. Yes, I mean, yes. Yeah. No, they're really, yeah, really well done. Really beautiful art on these things. Yeah, and they're all different artists. They contracted like different people to sort of work on these. Um, I really hope this comes here. So this was actually made by Intelligent Systems as well, yeah. the, the card game. 
uh, which is really cool. So um, you yeah, it's got some clever mechanics, right? Mm-hmm. Like it has the like um, the the kind of the back and the front when yeah. you're attacking. Like characters have different range. Like you know, for example, if you get your guy with bow and arrow, he's got a range of two, so you can mm-hmm. attack from the back. You've got one from the front, so. Uh, and you've got the kind of the assist stuff. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is very, very in cool. keeping yeah. with the sh- strategy side of those I games. Like very smart. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I had a really good time. Found Tokyo Tower. Like, that's the tower that's in Splatoon, basically. It's not that um, hard to find. You make it sound it's like not that you hard to find. You get off hard. at uh, yeah. Hamamatsu Cho, yeah. and there it is. I found this giant <laughs> tower in the middle of the city. Well, I went looking for it. Don't yeah. hate. So did you, um, go, did you go in and go shopping at all? Oh, I bought a ton of stuff. In in Tokyo Tower? Uh, no, I didn't go shopping inside Tokyo so Tower. So inside I went to the Tokyo Tower shops. is this really cool, like, kind of high-end mall. Mm. It's like a Saks Fifth Avenue, but mm. for really weird stuff. Okay. And there are these things there. They're called, like, banana cakes. And they're, like, these banana uh these bananas desserts that you can only get in Tokyo Tower. Hmm. And they're in these boxes and uh, they have chocolate custard inside them. And they're like these little banana sponge cakes with spots all over them. And they're really adorable. I brought home a box of them for my wife and she was like, since there was only 12 in the box, she would have like one every week because she was like I know when this runs out we'll never get them again because they get right. moldy side. after three weeks and they go moldy yeah. and stuff like that yeah, so yeah. Um, yeah there's just really cool stuff in there that's where I saw they had a Pokemon uh, eyeglasses Pokemon Pokemon eyeglasses po- case Pokemon. Hey, how are you doing there oh I'm sorry I didn't Pokemon. live in Japan Oh, that GM money. Is that the, the yeah. is that the the Jersey thing? Oh yeah, Pokemon, 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 Pokemon. But they had a okay. they had a Pokemon Ooh. manga Ooh. anime. I see. Uh, no, they had they had a Pokemon uh, eyeglass store, which oh. were, would basically sold all these prescription glasses that had Pokemon insignia on them. Yes, like I saw those. Uh, so I went to a glasses retailer called Zoff. I go every time I go to Japan because eyewear is really cheap there. Yeah. I'm going to make this really quick. There were Pokemon glasses there for kids, and the carrying case for the glasses, so the glasses actually fold up, mm-hmm. and they go inside of a case that is shaped like a huge Pokeball. Awesome. And the sign in front of the Pokeball is, don't throw this. <laughs> <laughs> like instructions <laughs> for a kid, because I'm sure someone awesome. picks it up and <laughs> yeah, comes sure. out. All right. Uh, yeah, so I had a really good time. Uh, bought, bought a bunch of retro games. Found uh, Mario Artist, by the way, uh, Talent Studio. Yeah, found that at Mandarake in Akihabara. Of course, it was twenty eight bucks. What? Yes. Did you, did you I cannot believe it. Uh, they only had one of them, and uh, wow, according to deal. friends on Twitter, that's like spotting uh, or finding a spotted zebra. Wow, like, they're really hard to find. Well, the, I, that's super lucky, that's and it's awesome. in perfect shape. Well, nobody can use them, right? Because it's so hard to find the systems. Yeah. But I figured they would be way more expensive than that. I mean, I it was so more expensive to buy that. Um, because you have to buy the whole package. Mm-hmm. That's a good deal, man. So that said, yeah, now it's got me wanting a 64DD, which is going to cost at least a thousand bucks. We, I don't think we, I can we have do one it. in the office, right? No. We do, but I can't take it. It belongs to someone in this room. You can borrow it. Uh, really? Yeah, the one in the yeah. cabinet. Yeah, you can borrow it. Okay. You can try you. Maybe I'll borrow it. Do I have to bring it back? Yeah. You, you, did you get the whole package with the capture cart and stuff? Uh, yeah, the whole package was so you, together with the microphone. Every you have to find a VCR with the old RCA oh, adapters don't even, and stuff. Don't even. Yeah, oh Because you can take pictures from a VCR. Baby. Yeah, that's awesome. Ooh, yeah. Cool. Yeah, cool. We, yeah. I, we need you to upload more Doshin the Giant screenshots to IG. Uh, whatever. <laughs> yeah. With your face. Um, with your I, face. <laughs> I do want to collect more of them. I was really happy to find that. Uh, yeah. All right. So then let's talk about some games that uh, at least I've been playing. Some games. Uh, just recently, uh, Animal Crossing Happy Home Designer came out in Japan. 
I mm. must say, uh, going into this, I mean, we joked about it on this show, you know, house arrest, yeah. right? Like, is that what all, is that all this game is about, sort of making homes? Yeah. The answer is yes, primarily yes, and a little bit of no, in that, okay, so when you first start the game, you start working at Nook's Homes, uh, you are sort of his newest designer, and the game unfolds very, very carefully in stages. Do you owe him money? You don't owe him money, but you, you do work for him, and he's never in the office. Like, there's actually jokes. I've, I've been told that uh, Lottie actually calls him out on the fact that he's always playing golf and he's gone. She's a new character. So that's that pink otter you see. Oh, he probably um, bought his own golf course with yeah, all the damn uh, yeah, money I gave the, him in the last with, four with Animal Crossing games. all those bells, games. the billionaire. Um, <laughs> billionaire. <laughs> billionaire. That, that was on IGN. Uh, but he... Um, so they start you off in stages. First, you make a house, which I wasn't clear who it was for, but it's a small space. And then you continue work, work, work. You, you work your way up. Eventually, you make it your way out to Main Street. Or I think after the first home, once you leave the store, you can see Main Street. And Main Street is a wreck. Everything is boarded up. It's like no one lives here. Yeah, Nook's Homes like organization is there. So it's after the apocalypse. It's after the billionaire apocalypse. Or Detroit. Or Detroit. Wow. Um, and basically, uh, you after a while, Isabel will start coming in as a patron. Yeah. To get you to fix up Main Street, so you'll have to pick an exterior for the building. So the first place you fix up is an elementary school. You fix that up, then they take you on the interior. You do that work as well. Um, what is cool is the interface overhaul is what Animal Crossing has needed for years. I think to some degree, I loved New Leaf. New Leaf was such a good game. But the process of taking out an item from your inventory, pushing it, pulling it. It was like moving a block in Zelda. Like that That's how the system kind of started and, and, and it stayed there. that was already the improved there. version, though. This was the yeah. one where you could do multiple selections and yes, all that. So yes. it's much better now? Oh, it's much, much well, better. Well, it was Using like... the touchscreen is so good. It was like yeah. moving a block in Zelda if you occasionally could accidentally also put the block in Zelda in your pocket. <laughs> well, and let's not forget, like, just trying to get an item on top of another item. And oh, you had to, like, yeah. stand in the right spot yeah. if you wanted yeah. to put a book on a table. All of that is gone. You just tap on something in your inventory, it pops out in the real world in a random spot, and then you tap and drag it to where you want to put it. That's good. Um, it this is You can even hang stuff on the ceiling, and there's sort of like a transparency effect so that uh, items that are on the floor and on the ceiling can overlap and be in the same space, and they don't like, collide, basically. Oh, that's cool. Like on the map on the touchscreen, if that makes sense. Yeah. I hope that's making sense so, for you. But how, I mean, how much is in that game? Is, there, is it enough to... Is it a full game is what I'm asking, you know? Or does it feel like this should have been one of their mobile games mm. and this should have been the one that upsells you on Animal Crossing on the DS? I think you could make the argument that it would fit as a mobile game in that it is sort of a a different way to interact with everything. It feels like a spinoff. It doesn't feel like a full Animal Crossing, but that said, it has the pattern maker. It has uh, the ability to make your own custom outfits. It has, after you've designed these spaces, like let's say you work your way up uh, by designing more and more homes, you eventually fix up a hospital, which is the first multi-room residence you will work on. There's a lobby area, Mm -hmm. there is a side room, and another room for patients. And uh, in that space, um, sorry, I'm forgetting where I'm going with this because I'm horribly jet-lagged still. Uh, Where are we going with this? You were trying to explain how how it does have some depth. Oh yeah! So once you dress up these spaces, Professor Hastings, you but, uh, you can dr- you can sort of grab any character at one of these scenes, mm-hmm. and if you once you pick them up um, and you're out of edit mode, which means you have to finish working on the residence, yeah. you'll see sort of a, a, a clothing icon show up on the left. 
if you drag that character there, you can sort of customize what they're wearing. So you oh, can okay. give them a job while they're there. Like, can you customize yourself? Like that. You can customize yourself. So I dressed up as a doctor at the hospital. Yeah. There's just weird, silly little things That's like crazy. that. So it's funny because there's no overall tying it all together and there's yeah. no space to like collect bugs or dig holes in the ground or try to find bells. But there is strange ways that you can still interact with everyone. So that's why I want to say that it's not as limited as I thought it would be. But that said, I'm still trying to find reasons for why I want to play it with Amiibo cards. Okay. We, I don't have cards yet. I'm trying to see how much I can do without them. And you can actually do a whole lot. The so, cards are optional. So what, like, when I when we snooped around the menus, there are, like, sections for bugs and, like, the um, gyroids and all that kind of stuff. But since it's not a dig and discover and catch mm -hmm. game, like, how... Like, how do you get things in this I think, game? I think it's just you unlock sets uh -huh. through that. So what you're talking about, so at Nook's Homes at your desk, when you're done with a day, after you've designed someone's home, so let's say I designed Brian's home, you get back to get your desk and you can follow his house, <laughs> his mansion. You can, uh, you can file a report at the end of the day to transition the day to the next day. It doesn't follow real time anymore. Um, or the second option is is that using play coins, you can unlock other parts of the game, and that's where you can unlock like part of a bug collection, or you can unlock uh, fossils. You looked at the list. Uh, yeah. Hairdresser, so that you can gyroid change your outfit. Yeah, yeah, gyroid, stuff like that. I was surprised all of that was in there. Even cool. the QR stuff, which I feel was the most social part of the last game. It's what really took off in a lot of people's right. minds is there. Um, so I'm, I'm just really surprised that there is some depth to it. I'm also, though, a little concerned because I'm wondering, will I get tired of making these homes? Like, once you're engaged in the same activity for most of the time, and that's kind of how I'm playing that game, I'm a little worried, is it going to last okay. and just keep me going? But it's interesting because the way, from, from what I've gathered just playing a little bit and what you explained to me, it seems like the home decorating stuff is better than it's ever been. Like, yes. they're piloting the best version of that in this new kind of extremely slimmed down or a most moderately slimmed down version of Animal Crossing. Mm -hmm. I find that a little strange that yeah. they that there's this awesome leap forward for the Animal Crossing franchise, but it's tucked away in this sort of side story yeah, that yeah. you know will eventually make its way into the main game, but this sort of feels like a stopgap between this and the next Animal Crossing. Maybe it is, right? We don't it know how be. what the genesis is, whether they sat down to say, hey, why don't we take a part of this experience and make it a standalone and kind of riff on that. It's possible. Yeah, yeah. Or they said, realistically, we're not going to be able to release a new Animal Crossing until, you know, 2016, but we need some franchise care. This is a big franchise mm -hmm. on handheld. Let's mm -hmm. release, like, a small what are they? What are they charging for it? Uh, in Japan, it's 4,000 yen, so wow. 40 bucks. So, so over here, so it'll same, be cheaper, okay. I'm sure. But pretty much the same price as Animal Crossing then, right? Uh, well, maybe $10 usually cheaper? Japan pays more for 3DS 4, games. They pay stuff, right? like 50 bucks, almost 60 bucks. Japan for Smash Wii U okay. paid 70 plus dollars for that game. So mm. this was cheaper. Yeah, so this is cheaper than your average 3DS uh, release. Um yeah, I I mean we'll we'll see sort of how they handle it, but uh, to your point, I feel like regardless of where it was born, it does have some makings that will keep you entertained, I feel. Yeah. And I'm missing out on all of the dialogue because I don't speak Japanese, I don't read Japanese, so Do you speak animalese? No, that that's either. the language. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a dum. You know, like, <laughs> that's I, remember, I remember playing the old Animal Crossing at like two o'clock in the morning, like knocking on an animal's door to see if they're awake, and they come out and they're like, "Why are you talking to me?" They're like, Dum. <laughs> and you're like, "Oh, yeah." So, um, uh, just lastly, on Happy Home Designer, because we've been on it for a little bit, um, the 
what I do, what is funny that something I did not expect is that so when someone has a house request, uh, so let's say Pear has a home request. Let's say he has a he he recommends the theme to you. So I want a music room, and then there are certain items that have to be a part of that home. They have to be. That's what they want. Like that's the customer is asking for. If you throw one of them away, you just hear like a gasp across the room, like that dong, because like, <gasps> you threw like I accidentally threw away a couch because it didn't match the rest of the furniture, yeah. and I was like, "This doesn't look right. We're getting rid of this." And then you just hear this thing across the room, like boom, what the heck? <laughs> then I woke up to her, like, "Okay, we're done," and she's just like, "No, you're not." Like mm-hmm. the the response was basically, "I don't see the couch I wanted," and I th- I was like, "Well, that's cool, like to some degree, like you don't have mm-hmm. complete." Re- sort of rain over what uh, shows up in these houses. Right. Still not feeling that. Like, I'm still... I think you I'm are going to play skeptical. it. very skeptical. I think you are going to play it and probably turn around. I'm going to call it right here. Yeah? Yeah. You're going to have right. to do something with those 400 Amiibo cards that you're going to start collecting very soon. Are you going to buy that set? No, because yeah. you guys said you weren't trading. What do you mean we're not trading? I'm oh, not he said that. Him. I didn't say anything. I'm not going to buy them if nobody's going to trade. Oh. Addiction's really sad when it's by yourself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> exactly. I, I get it. Okay. Uh, um, that said, I honestly, I went in with the same sort of strange expectations as you are on this mm. one, and I will say it's not bad. Strange expectations? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, you know what I mean. Just yeah. low expectations. I didn't know what okay. to expect. I'm actually enjoying it, and I'm not reading it in a native language. So we'll see okay. when it's in America uh, how it does. Check it out. Also playing Super Mario Maker, and oh, man. It's terrible. Ooh. It's terrible, right? So, no. of course I, not. <laughs> I have, we have played this game at mm-hmm. E3, yep. but we have not had that many opportunities to make things. And when we do, it's sort of the shortened version. You can't sit at E3 and make a stage. Like, that's hard. Uh, there's just too many people yeah. there. You feel oddly self-conscious. Also, the clock's ticking, and there's a line behind mm-hmm. you. So uh, I've been playing around with it. We have a uh, live stream. It's exclusive on IGN, two hours, Friday, uh, July 31st. Be there. Like, it's going to be awesome. Is the episode going to be up by then? Uh, it will be up by then. All right. Yeah, and you're, gonna, you're, you're making a level for I'm it? I'm making Anybody multiple making levels a level? Oh, you're the, you're so, the master? So far, I'm the MC. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to put Brian through his paces for the first hour. And we're going to also try to make a stage here and there Are as you well. going to show him the levels beforehand or no? No. He's going to go in blind oh, and see boy. what happens. I, I also had an idea of uh, having a community engagement type of thing where we mm-hmm. ask the audience what they want us to put down next, like which yeah. tile. Yeah. So if somebody says, uh, Lava. We'll yeah. just put a bunch of lava. And somebody else is like, spikes. We put a bunch of spikes. Right. Eventually, we'll have to put some platforms to jump on. hopefully, it will be playable. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully, it'll be playable. Fear. That's great. That um, sounds like fun. But, uh, can going, I watch? Going back yeah. to creation. You oh, can absolutely. Watch, just keep it locked to IGN.com. I will. Um, you can. Uh, so the there are a ton of shortcuts to this thing. And there's really, really smart design in terms of if you need to – let's say you have a pattern of uh, pipes that you want to copy exactly. There is a button you hold down or a pair of buttons you hold down to sort of select a row, copy them exactly, move them or yeah. move them somewhere else. Like there's so many they things you can do. They didn't have to ask anything. Yeah, so, so actually so copy works made. one at a time, but you can manipulate a group of items at once. Yeah. Um, there is so many things that I've been like discoveries, like genuine like, okay, and myself sort of stroking my chin going, can I put an invisible block here? Mm-hmm. And 
could I reward you for finding it? Like, think about it in Mario Brothers. Sometimes you'd find just a vine that would take yeah, you yeah. places. I didn't even, you didn't think even of that. know that was there. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. I'm already thinking like that. So come prepared tomorrow because I am. I'm this trying to really <laughs> like put you through the paces because I know you can play Mario really well. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, <laughs> is it gonna be mean? Like, do you have like? Nasty? I have some. You have Altano traps. In there? Yeah, I have. Well, traps. look, he met, he's an expert on on Pokemon, as we know. Pokemon. Pokemon. It's gonna yeah. be interesting yeah. to see how you're dealing with yeah. this um, Mario game. Yeah, no, I, I basically started getting uh, neck cramps because I was sitting in our uh, live show room, sort of with my like my head tilted down just on the gamepad, and like an hour and a half passed, and I was just like, I don't even know where the time went because I was having such a good time making stages. And that said, you know, unfortunately, we're not going to be touching any of the, the downloadable stuff or uploading stages or things like that, but when you think about all the stages you're going to be going home to that people make – Holy cow, like that is going to be sort of the best part of that community. I'm really eager to see how it grows and how it sort of just yeah. changes over time. Yeah. You know? I'm really yeah. excited about that. That's yeah. great. Um, it's probably my most anticipated game of this year. Yeah. No, um, in really a year good. that honestly, when I reflect on it, I'm a little disappointed with. Um, it's so good that every time I either play this game or someone else plays it and tells me about it, there's mm-hmm. just more and more in there. It was know? my favorite game at E3 and, you know, I'm – I'm a huge fan of Tomb Raider and Fallout, all those games, Star Wars, so excited about them. But, like, they were more, like, what I saw was what I expected. And with Mario Maker, I'm like, oh, I get this. And then I played it and I started creating. And it was Mm -hmm. just, it just felt so unique. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you just got to be so creative. I actually tried making a very limited level at E3. And, like, I honestly, I could have stayed there for a decade. Um, the one thing I find myself thinking about that I never thought about before with Super Mario Maker is how to trick Brian. Well, I'm not. Well, no, I can do that. Um, but more, more so that when I'm designing a stage, like I'm not a game designer. I've never really latched onto game design tools, even though I guess growing up I always wanted something that was cool. Yeah. But when you look at how much work it takes, you're like, mm, I, I have no patience for this. Yeah. The tools are so simple that when I'm designing a stage, all I'm now thinking about is. How do I communicate what I want them to do here? Yeah. Like, what is the secret or the thing that I can put here that will signal what you should do right now? Yeah. Um, Which is kind of fantastic if you think about how the original Super Mario Brothers was incredibly intuitive at that. It was mm. brilliant at that in that the first thing that happens a second of that game is yeah. there's a Goomba. Yeah. And if you don't learn how to jump, you die. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then you keep walking. And if you, you see those question marks, and now that you've already learned how to jump, if you jump towards one of them, it gives you a mushroom and you yeah. become more powerful. And it there's no tutorials. There's no instructions. But the, the game teaches you that as it goes. Yeah. And I think it's so wonderful and fascinating that you're kind of experiencing – that same thing yourself by playing with these yeah. tools and, and and sort of trying to teach people in their own ways. It's really it's really wonderful. Yeah, I think the only thing that's missing for me, honestly, that I'm surprised I have not heard them talk about is, um, I mean, they're sharing on Meverse, they're sharing stages, there's following creators, but I am surprised so far there is not a way to upload a playthrough to YouTube. Well, they said specifically that they want people to experience it themselves. And I agree, but I think they're also totally missing the point. Yeah. Because if they – that's free advertising. If I see a level on YouTube, if I go, if I went on YouTube and I, and I typed in best Mario Maker levels, mm-hmm. you know, say in December, mm-hmm. and I go, oh, this one's called Starry Road 55 or whatever, and I go and look that up. In the game, in the game servers, and I find it. I want to try it myself because I want to. I want to relive that at home. Yeah. That's why uh, 
horror games sell so well now is because people watch Let's Plays on YouTube and mm-hmm. they see people screaming and they go, I want to, I want, I want to go on that ride too. And they mm-hmm. they go and buy the game. It's like a game like Outlast does really well. Yeah. That's why PewDiePie can make a game chart on the NPD because he just goes, uh, this is this is a, I'm playing this game, Skate Two from. Four years yeah. ago, there's a power of that, you know, like that, yeah. that 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 translates well, and I think they're. It's like it frustrates me because it's such sort of typical Nintendo of like them being like right there, like yeah. you're right on the nose of something, and then they they kind of. Doesn't mean step, it won't come later though. It I hope I mean, so. Look, I Smash really, Brothers. I really Smash do Bros. hope is so. getting it. We're gonna talk about it later, but yeah. Smash Bros is getting it yeah. uh, at some point. I just yeah. think it, it, it's a cool way to share. Like sharing is so g- important, and it, it really does influence people to try things. You were yeah, no, I mean it's it's. I'm surprised they don't have it in there because they are obviously now monetizing content on YouTube, right? Mm-hmm. And so I got to think, you know, when when Nintendo had um you know, at the first kind of earnings challenges that they sat down, they said, what are the alternate revenue streams for us, right? Like when, uh, what if our console tanks and the games don't sell? Where, how do we make money? Subscription plans, right? A monetization of, uh, of advertising, product placement, right? Like that's what companies, Amiibo. immediately Amiibo, that's what companies <laughs> jump to, right? Toys um, or licensing, um, all that. And so they are monetizing YouTubers who are not, um, you know, are just kind of casually sharing videos. They're monetizing that. So I figured it would be built into Mario Maker, yeah. and I have a feeling it's just it's just something that's going to be added eventually. Well, you know, it's not the top feature they wanted to add. Yeah, and I think what makes this game so fun to watch, and this was evident to me at uh, the Nintendo World Championship. This was evident to me at uh, when they had it on Game Center CX, the 30th anniversary Mario thing. Um, and even watching uh, a friend of mine play through the stage I had just made. Is it is so much fun to watch people play it because you don't know what to expect. Right, like you you can hit a question block, and that doesn't mean a coin or a power up is coming. It can be an enemy. Like there's so many different ways to troll in that game. Yeah, and I think that's one of the reasons why it's such a spectator like event for us. Like you had a great time. Oh at yeah, Nintendo World Championship oh, man. because you were there on the edge of your seat. Like what else could possibly happen? So I was. I mean, Super Mario Brothers, obviously. One of the most definitive games of all time, if not the uh, one for me personally, one of the most incredible things shaped everything about the games I grew up that I still enjoy now. I still gravitate towards platformers. Loved it like crazy. Mario 2, really weird game. Mario 2 Japan is one of those when I when I played that the first time and a purple mushroom popped out and killed me. And I was like, what the f- <laughs> <laughs> that moment. It's it's almost like that was the the sort of the seed that created the the entire tree of the the game design in Mario Maker. Mm-hmm. In that there's that constant fear and terror of I don't know what is going to happen. I don't know what's going to spring out of one of these pipes. Where the 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 known becomes the unknown. The comfortable becomes the terrifying. Uh, it's really really cool. And I especially I was going to say the uh, the 99 uh, different amiibo character thing. I'm glad you Did brought you read that about up. that? I missed that yeah. in news. Yeah. Uh, Mario Maker will support 99 different amiibo. And all of them unlock a character, like 8-bit. Uh, well, there's so, – I thought it was 99 skins. It's still a little unclear to 90, me. Yeah, but, 99 skins. But there's skins. basically 99 different costumes you can turn into Good because – Even of, all the Pokemon, which yeah, we were worried about. The mystery. But mystery. the other cool thing is that you'll well, be – Hang on. Don't yeah. overlook the Pokemon part. Like Pokemon rarely crosses over to anything Nintendo but Smash Brothers. Ever like, yeah. and that's like you and Marty pointed this out to me one day, and I was just like, I can't believe that's a thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't see Pikachu driving a cart in Mario Kart Eight. Like, that's just not a yeah, thing. Yeah, you didn't see of all the of all the amiibo skins in Mario Kart. Uh, 
Olimar and all these other characters, Pac-Man, Sonic, oh, Mega, Man. Mega Man's in yeah. there. No, no Pokemon whatsoever. Mario Party, a bunch of Amiibo work with that. No Pokemon whatsoever. I think, was there stuff in Woolly World? Well, no. So if you scan yeah. a Pokemon in that game, you get an Amiibo t-shirt. Yeah. That's it. That's there crazy. No Charizard, Pikachu, Lucario. But this one, they got on they got on the phone with the right people and they gave you a Pikachu wow. you And I saw a really funny joke because this uh somebody was saying that basically this game will be, thanks to Amiibo, the best uh 2D Sonic game. <laughs> In a very, very long <laughs> wow, time. Wow, that's me. It, it makes it makes perfect sense. Ooh. I mean, you can play the entire game as Wario, as Link, yeah. as Sonic, Sorry, as Sonic anybody fans. you want. So, and all Times of those characters, hard. if you're one of those people that didn't go insane for Amiibo like we did, are unlockable through gameplay, wow. which is really cool. So, oh, yeah, really through the cool. 100 Mario yeah. Challenge, yeah. 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 So, cool. I mean, that's really awesome. And I think that's um, it, it shows that they're listening, right? Because people have been complaining a lot about how Amiibo support is awesome if you have them, but if you haven't collected them all and they haven't put out the cards for every character yet, um, it's kind of a pain in the ass to get Amiibo. And mm-hmm. if you want to unlock stuff and you want to be a completionist and you don't yeah. want to have empty slots open, yeah. uh, you can do that now. So, yeah, just a really lot of cool stuff in there. Yeah. Um, I, I'm so excited to play that with I you tomorrow. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so you guys need to come uh, over to that room, check it out. Like, you, we definitely should have better impressions or more impressions from you guys next week. Yeah. Um, yes. All right, so we have talked enough about games. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, a lot of news to talk about. So much happened. Uh, we'll be right back. Tano and Parrish Schneider, breath, and breath, breath, on breath. top of all these jokes, we've got news. news. All right, so let's start with uh, something we missed last week because I was out, or I think it happened actually when I got back. Mm-hmm. The big Splatoon update you've been waiting for oh, is man. dated. It's coming August 5th. So August 5th for the U.S., August so 6th for Europe and Australia. Uh, free software update will bring two new matchmaking modes, uh, squad battle and private battle. Yep. Private battles are fully customizable and will engage up to eight players uh, to play in a variety of match settings. So you could do, you know, 1v1. What is it? Like, there's different variations. 1v3, variation. about 1v3. Yeah, you can even do uh, different two teams of twins like, yeah. on one team. 2v2v2, two two like, yep. yeah. That sounds really awesome. Uh, two new weapon types. Uh, the bucket, which uh, it's called the slosher, the bucket-like yeah. weapon. Um, and then there's a the six-barreled minigun, uh, which... I uh, got the cut splatling. off on my papers. Oh, really? Splatling gun? Yeah, like wow. Gatling, get it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I like oh, that. yeah. So, sorry. For private battle, one versus one, two versus two, one versus three, two versus four, and so on and so on. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, let's see. The game's level cap is going from 20 to 50. That's insane. So That's going to take people that's a That's going to take a while, to, hopefully, to chew through. Although, they got through 20 pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, the addition of S and S plus rank mm-hmm. in rank battle, that's going to be rad. Uh, and more It'll than be like 40 a pieces of new gear, which I am very happy about because I will say 
it is disappointing sometimes to go to the vendors in that game, and it's the same T-shirt you saw a couple days ago. Yeah. Um, it's nice to know that more gear, more freshness, even is if it's just cosmetic this. differences, right? Like with the same perks or the same kind of power. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, and they tease there is more free downloadable content on the way, including Rainmaker Rank Battle Mode, uh, which is something they announced when they did the Splatoon Direct uh, right before the game came out. So a lot of stuff. This this is looking really good for Splatoon. I have to say, as a as someone who reviewed that game, I keep getting requests from people: Are we going to re-review it? Are mm-hmm. we going to re-review it? I feel the need to just put out there: This is not only my decision. Um, we are working on if that's going to be a thing or not. Huh. I hope we do it. I think uh, it's worth it. I mean, it's like there are. It, it's it's tough to sometimes decide, right? What do you spend your time on? You cover new content, mm-hmm. or you revisit old content, or you refresh old content, that's right? right? Like we'll go back when a new uh, when a new game in a series comes out, and we may rerun like the history of that franchise. Sure, it's absolutely worth going back and like updating that content. So, are you are you With, for that? I think it's smart. I think, you know, when a game changes fundamentally, it's worth going back and updating the content. In some cases, maybe the rating isn't even going to change, right? Right. But, like, if you review a game and the matchmaking doesn't work at launch and now it works flawlessly, I feel it's it's important to go back and update that message. And likewise... Or just party matchmaking, yeah. new modes, not, not like for, lots not of like, stuff. I mean... There will be outages and stuff m- messed up temporarily. Like it's not worth like to constantly like tweak your content. Sure. But when something has a rollout strategy, like MMOs do, right? Like yeah. MMOs will change over time. Um, we re-reviewed games like Minecraft and League of Legends. Like the original Minecraft on mobile was just a, a a crafting game. It didn't even have any of the the adventure and exploration aspects, right? So in that case, it's important to go back yeah. with Splatoon. I think our, our some of our big complaints, like the communication issue is not resolved it's not. and will not be resolved with this update. However, lack of content, I mean, there there's a lot of stuff now. Right. There like is a lot of stuff now. It's really it's, taking shape. And the, yeah. the variety of weapons is what really kind of sells me on that concept of going back. Well, and especially getting more weapons at that. But I will say that um, this all sounds incredibly positive, And now my eye is more focused on, okay, well – Having to play the same two maps for four hours is kind of a bummer if you really want to go on a long stretch because you're playing in the same spaces. Like, do you add a third map? But wait a minute, that's like Splatfest. Like, I don't know what they need to do to to sort of add a little bit more variety or maybe let people vote on maps. Like, I'm not sure how deep they want to go in terms of altering and sort of updating some of these systems. But these are things now that even with all this content is – just calling my attention a little bit of like, oh, I agree well, that it's an odd limitation. Like the, yeah. the it doesn't bug you as much in the beginning when you're learning the ropes and not you being know, able but, to switch weapons but too. You develop thing. favorite maps too, you and like you develop least favorite maps, and it can happen that you your least favorite map gets played five times in a row, right? Oh, and yeah, um, I've had that. Yeah, I I think that's that's still an issue that's that should be resolved and that they really need to think about. Yeah, for sure. Um, but definitely on the content front, I think that they are doing everything they can and it's looking good. Like, let's just say, let's give them that credit. There you go. For sure. Brian, are you still playing Splatoon, bro? I haven't heard you say a word. I am not. Why? I just stopped. I don't know what, what to tell happened? you. I'm, I, it just fell out of my rotation. It happens. It'll be one of those, like, I'll, I'll pick up my Wii U gamepad and I'll start playing it again and I'll get right back into so you, it. So you're scared of online competition too, right? Like you I, don't sign on to play against other players. I'm not scared of it. I'm just and not. And you don't like co-op. Not really. You don't like people. I like local co-op. <laughs> local I, co-op. Yeah. Okay. But I'm, I'm, not, I'm not scared of online shooters or online video games. I'm just not. I'm not as entertained by them. 
I, I, I find myself driven more towards uh, story-based games or even uh, ar- kind of arcade ar- arcadier games where you're trying to beat your own personal score. So do you like you leveling up? Huh? Do you like leveling up? Like, is that I do. at all? No, so, I do. And which is then that's actually what grab what did grab me for a while about Splatoon because yeah. I did li- I did like that aspect. I thought it was very smart how you were able to uh, gain access to to certain items and certain perks uh, mm-hmm. depending on what level your character was at. I thought that was very smart. So for you, it was campaign one and th- did you finish campaign? Um, One of my favorite final bosses. It's a I didn't. I didn't finish me campaign. Me too. You I should. Will. You I will. absolutely No, should. I'll go back. I'll totally go back. I got sidetracked with with uh, with things that ended up being uh, kind of not so You're enthusi- talking about Batman, aren't yes. you? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I, I love Batman. Well, I, I put a lot of time into Batman that I kind of wish I could take back. Really? Yeah. See, I'm doing I, the Riddler I challenges. That. I finished everything, and now I got 100 Riddler trophies Oh, my to go. God. Why are you so I, do I hit that point with Brian as well, where yeah. I hit a wall where, like, now if I start up Batman and I finish, I want to say, 80% yeah. of that game's content, I don't want to play it. No, you guys, you guys are absolutely right, because, I mean, Splatoon, I love what they're doing. I love the fact that it's a, an ecosystem that's constantly growing and evolving. Mm-hmm. And I do love the fact that it's the kind of game that I can sit down and play for 30 minutes for so an hour. And that is from. what attracts me with this game, is yeah. that I do like playing, you know, I always start off, I'm like, oh, Titanfall is going to be the best thing ever. Then I play, and then quickly, you know, I'm left behind because there are people who dedicate their lives to being right. really, really good. Right. And I feel like Splatoon is, like, somehow I'm doing fine in that game. Yeah. Like, and even if you lose, you still get the sense of reward and upgrade, where, whereas in, in some other competitive shooters, it's much more frustrating. See, I think, I think that's exactly mm. what I needed to hear, honestly, because mm. I do have... I do have that fear of stepping away for a little while, coming back, and then just getting my ass kicked by people yeah. who are like mm-hmm. level 40 mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, and that's yeah. my biggest, I mean, one of my most anticipated games this fall is uh, Star Wars Battlefront. Yeah. And because it looks gorgeous, and I'm a huge Star Wars guy, and I can't play Star Wars games on Nintendo systems for whatever inexplicable reason. We, we yelled about that one episode. We did. Um, but I'm worried that I'm going to step away for a weekend and come back, and everyone's going to be level 99, co- crazy, <laughs> one-hit kill, Call of Duty, sniper dudes, it's, right? It's all Luke There's and Darth Vader. There, yeah. yeah. And yeah. you're an Ewok. Yeah. 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 Which, I mean, <laughs> hey, they held their own for a little while against <laughs> against the Empire, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I, yeah, so that's that's really good to hear because that makes me feel like I can boot up Splatoon this weekend, play for an hour, and be like, okay, cool, I'm mm-hmm. – I'm still okay. You can. The thing that I would advise is play the campaign. There's a, there, there's definitely one weapon reward in the game that is a like it's the easiest gun, right? Mm-hmm. Like that you get like you From know, halfway the through the yeah halfway through the campaign you get it. Um, that will make like if you're into the shooting weapons will make it really easy. If you're into rollers, like you don't have to worry. Yeah, I, I want to say I was not bored of the game. Mm-hmm. I was not sick of it. I was not frustrated with it. I was not angry with it. I just stopped playing it because other games popped up, and yep. that's. Kind of the gift and curse of but, working. But at that's why, IGN. like, I feel like when the friend match stuff comes out, like, I think that's a good opportunity to go back and and play a bit together, mm-hmm. um, and and see how we fare. By the way, this game is it's also funny because the skill level of the players fluctuates based on the time of day. It's mm-hmm. really funny. Like, <laughs> I sometimes like for some odd reason, if you play like at like uh, in the evening, like 10 p.m. I get stuck with the crazy Japanese players who are really good. I'm like, oh they my god! They jump all the time. Yeah, and then you like can't like if, hit them. Uh, if you play mm-hmm. at like like a Saturday like noon, it's like a bunch of kids and you. Oh and man, like, that's yeah, great. like you almost feel bad. For, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but not <laughs> not to say that they aren't 20%. Yeah. that they aren't very skilled kids as well. Sure. But like it's uh, there's definitely you note you notice how broad the um, the player base is for yeah. sure. So uh, to follow up on your Titanfall content analogy, I will say that one of the bigger bu- bummers with Titanfall was that 
there was a great starting package and then very little follow-up yeah. following it. Uh, well, paid or not, like paid, free, I don't care. Um, whereas I will say this whole careful rollout plan seems to be working in their favor. It works with me because I go back in to check what's new yeah. too, right? Like, And a, a lot of games... DLC is different. Like, mm-hmm. you may go, oh, I really like that game. There's new DLC and you'll buy it. But with this, it's just free, right? It's just like you go back in. But and when you get does this that end? Stuff. And we talked about that, right? When they shipped it, Obviously. we were all like, you know, our eyebrows were raised. Like, yeah. this doesn't feel done. Why is this being rolled out this way? Now we've got a clearer picture of, well, okay, we wanted to carefully sort of dole this out. To- or we were making it. We don't know the narrative. Who cares? To me, regardless, I feel like free is going to eventually end. Yeah. Does that mean you we'll start see. going for pay? We'll see. One of the most successful games of the last 10 years is Minecraft. Mm-hmm. And Minecraft is so successful because it gives people a reason to go back in. Yeah. There's, Of course, there's modding and storytelling around it, all of that kind of stuff, which which doesn't will not develop in a game like Splatoon. But like, I got to think Nintendo took a look at that phenomenon and said, hey, this is something we need to do. Like, This is how you build a kind of like a really passionate player base, and I think it's doubly important for a new game. And sure enough, it's sold, right? Yeah, we're going to get to that well. uh, later on in the Nintendo Financial Report. Uh, so let's talk about then Dragon Quest Eleven. Brian, stay awake during this part. Dragon Quest Eleven <laughs> was announced hits for, for Brian. Uh, oh, I know. For Nintendo 3DS and PS4 and possibly an X. They didn't really, uh, they're saying, uh, at least in a statement following it, that uh, it is under consideration at the moment, but they don't have anything to share. What a disaster. So uh, just quickly, the PlayStation 4 version is being made at Square Enix uh, and is going to use Unreal. The 3DS version appears to be two games in one in that the top screen, there is a 3D sort of um, Dragon Quest style game. You've played Dragon Quest before. Sure. Um, and on the bottom screen, there's a 2D game happening, and it's at the same mm-hmm. time. So you're seeing the same location from two different perspectives. Which at first is like, what? Yeah. Um, they did a quick demo during a, a Dragon Quest uh, presentation in Japan. Scylla Canera reported that uh, this week's issue of Jump Magazine says that that whole 3D, 2D thing is not through the entire game. It's going to open up that way. Then you're going to have to make a choice for which side you want to try, but you can flop between the two sides. Are you serious? So is this That's basically the like. choice between being old school like Dragon Quest fans and being new school, wow. kind of like the new yeah. generation. Yeah. I mean, if yeah. that if that works twice, that has the potential to give this game incredible replay value. Yeah. Yeah. That, this reminds me of the kind of stuff they did when the Nintendo DS was like really hitting its stride. Mm-hmm. And we were seeing like beautiful Joe games that had uh, 3D on both screens and just uh, like weird, ambitious Ninja Gaiden games where mm-hmm. you had to turn the thing sideways. Oh, it's- man, that that game was so good. Nobody knew Ninja Gaiden Dragon Sword. Dragon Sword? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was so good. Yep. All right, um, so just quick note for folks. Next year is the 30th anniversary of Dragon Quest in Japan. Uh, it was released in May of 1986. Next year, we've said this on the show before, Zelda also turns 30. And this uh, is, I mean, it's obviously, it's a title that started the JRPG mm-hmm. genre, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's, it's, it was always beloved in Japan, never made that huge splash in the U.S. for... Which troubles me. Yeah. I think it was, honestly, I think it was mishandled, right? Like Talk about that. Why well, you, that you know, like, I think Square Enix put, Square put a lot behind Final Fantasy when, you know, not like Final Fantasy... 
three or six in Japan wasn't wasn't popular in the U.S. It, it was well liked and highly lauded, but it was Seven that made this big breakthrough with the the visuals of the cutscenes and the marketing. That was mm-hmm. a marketing stroke of genius to get the American uh, gamers to care about that genre. Even right? people who didn't care and about like, that genre, they kept on Final growing. Whereas Dragon Quest was always held back by this kind of, you know. Like they never embraced the Western market the same way. They made some weird decisions. I, I feel they made some weird decisions with the uh, with the series to go like like weird semi MMO and MMO and like and and like backing the wrong horse. You know, in in some cases, like a Nintendo platform. And we're talking right, about at the wrong time. Just for context, for folks, you're talking about for freaking Wii. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Enix, yeah. which was the company that yeah, owned Enix. Dragon Quest before they both merged Square mm-hmm. and Enix to Square Enix today. Yeah, and Enix, Enix never had that kind of marketing power that that Square had, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think Square outplayed them and then the two companies obviously are one. I always I was always hoping that they would be able to turn Dragon Quest into a mainstream success here. Mm-hmm. It it has all the trappings, you know, granted like it visually it is a little bit of a throwback usually, right? Like versus some of the more modern RPGs, but yeah, yeah. it's it's a real shame. Oh, I think in in different hands it's like, you know, I mean, look at uh look at Bethesda and and Fallout, right? Same thing could have happened with Fallout. It could have been a forgotten franchise that was once popular with a certain player base. Now it's a huge mainstream success right. due to Fallout 3. Yep. Like, I'm hoping that's going to happen with Dragon Quest. I hope so, too. All right. And so End of speech. End of speech. Good speech. Good speech. <laughs> clap. Clap for him. Here we go. All right. There we go. Wherever you are, clap for pair. Uh, <laughs> we've got Nintendo Financial Report for Q1 of uh, this business cycle. So some highlights for you. Uh, number one, Nintendo sold 470,000 units of Wii U compared to 510,000 last year. So those numbers are down. That said, in Japan, sales shot up. Uh, this this thing's all over the place, so I'm going to try and uh, just stay with me if you can. Uh, sales shot up from 60,000 last year to 150,000 uh, units this year. Again, Wii U. Uh, let's jump around a little more. That said, Wii U console sales finally hit the 10 million mark. They've crossed it. Took a while, but there you go. We're here. Splatoon sold 1.62 million units. 490k were sold in Japan, which that's that's cool wow. for a new franchise to do over a million units and to hit pretty well in Japan. So what is it? One bad. one out of ten Wii owners own Splatoon. Uh, I think they did million 10, units. 10 million. Yeah, units. yeah, one and a half. More, yeah. yeah, one and a half good. owners. That's, that's I mean, the Japanese stat is. Is amazing considering that that genre is not a big deal in Japan, right? Like they managed to get people to play a a genre they're not usually into. That's awesome. They love squids there. Yeah. Yeah. So keep in mind uh, the reason last year's numbers were doing really well for Wii U, Mario Kart 8, which by this time last year had sold 2.82 million copies. Yeah. Right. Just for context. Uh, that's, that's not that's an amazing success for Splatoon though yeah. mm-hmm. to get that close because it used to be that you know in the olden days Mario Kart was in the 20 millions you know well the like, install base were, was bigger these, but these were like these massive Mario Kart was a massive success compared to new games that were introduced that were always definitely. much smaller yeah, you know? yeah no good job on them that's and awesome. uh, definitely that, that's a good sign and, for and that franchise for Mario Kart. I'm actually going to be very sad if Splatoon was a one and done I think this says to me it won't be but we'll see um, so 3DS hardware family. Don't forget, there's a family of 3DS mm-hmm. products: 2DS, 3DS, new 3DS, that kind of stuff. Uh, a million units in Q1 compared to 820,000 same window last year. Uh, in the end, Nintendo turned a profit. However, 
keep in mind, folks, uh, the yen is very weak these days. So a lot of that profit came from overseas. Yeah, overseas it was like eight, you know about eighty cents uh, for hundred yen um, the other day that I checked. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's uh, that's pretty damn low. Yeah. So 3ds sold two hundred thousand more year over year, despite the fact that they introduced a brand new model. Uh, they can't be happy about that. Well, 3DS sales are up, and they're, they're always categorizing it as family, right? So they, mm-hmm. I'm sure we can do the breakdown and see individually, and I'm sure, sure new 3DS is still doing better. Surprise fun fact, too. I heard, uh, and I've got to look through some numbers, but the smaller model and the faceplates aren't doing so hot in Japan. No. Um, Uh-oh. I mean, that's why they never brought them Over there, that was, a, that was like a splash of cold water on my face Yeah. Uh, in terms of like, wow, you can find this like almost everywhere. These faceplates are not that hard to find either. I think the faceplates um, are ultimately going to end up being a huge collector's item because I don't think oh, they're going to make a ton of them. You should have brought us some. Mm. I didn't like, think about uh, that. I, have I also should have filled bag. a suitcase with Amiibo. You know what I said? Jigglypuffs I saw out there? Yeah. <gasps> oh, my pudding. They call him pudding. <laughs> Put, pudding. Puddin. There you go. Uh, speaking of something that's not puddin, uh, massive. Uh, there was a massive. I said massive. that you're Mr. J. Uh, there was a massive 3DS. Uh, excuse me. A Miiverse update uh, is live. So we've talked about it on the show before. You should go check that out. Uh, ultimately, there's a play journal. There's screenshot gallery. Uh, they revised how all that looks. Doesn't load that much faster, sadly. Like it feels like it's roughly the same, but you be the judge. You should check that out. So basically, the your your kind of feed is gone, right? Like your mm-hmm. status update, but they they made it, they streamlined it. I'm assuming they measured what people really were doing with the system. Oh yeah. So there's like sections for like folks who were putting up screenshots, sections for conversations around the games themselves. I think you can tag everything mm-hmm. now, so it's easier to sort of sort through and sift through what yep. you're trying to find. Because the the first implementation of Miiverse was just like if you had a ton of yes, that was the easiest way to find what you right, did and right. who you were or what what have you. So it was really cool in terms of artistic communities because you can sort of find a lot of the artists, mm-hmm. but people who were maybe making jokes or doing some other stuff was a little hard to find. I always forget that it exists, quite frankly. <sighs> mm-hmm. You know, like because my interaction when I'm playing with you is always on a phone that I have with sure, me. Sure, sure. No, yeah. I really like. Um, and this is true of my PS4 as well. I really like taking screenshots of anything I'm playing, especially yeah. if just something stands out to me. Or, mm-hmm. or like lately, I've been playing a lot of Dragon Quest Heroes, which I imported while uh-huh. I was in Japan, and uh, just trying to get the right screenshot. Which, by the way, we should talk about that game one day because when you compare Dragon Quest Heroes to uh, Hyrule Warriors, yeah, I feel Dragon Quest did it better. Oh yeah, yeah, I okay. honestly feel that way, and uh, we can talk about that one day. All right, so. Um, Nintendo TV is shutting down. Uh-huh. But let me ask you. I don't know what to do now. Did we really care? I want to, I, and I hate to go in with that kind of a negative <laughs> attitude for this conversation, but Oops. Nintendo TV was announced in 2012. Uh, it was announced before, like right next to the launch features for the Wii U. Yeah. And... I mean, did you ever use it? Did so you really I wanted, ever care? I wanted to because I think what they what they had promised at the beginning was uh, very smart, which was the thing where I could sort of be like, today I want to watch uh, Blade Runner. And I could type that in and it would tell me which, which site it was on yeah. or when it was on TV. That's very smart. There's a very smart thing there. But I think it also moved – it was a weird thing to launch. It's again – I mean Nintendo launched an iPad – three years after everyone already had one and they launched a TV uh, syndication type program uh, three years after people were really started moving away from TV. Like in the amount of time since Nintendo launched TV, I canceled my cable subscription. I don't have, I don't have cable anymore. So I don't know what I would use it for. Maybe besides telling me what's on websites and stuff, but I use a site called, can I stream it? 
Mm, yeah. And I go to Can I Stream It? And I type in Blade Runner, and they go, Blade Runner's available on Amazon Prime. It's not available on Netflix unless you and, get a disc. And, and by the way, you know, your your Xbox does that too, right? right. Like if you have an Xbox One with Netflix and Hulu and Amazon Prime, everything installed, you search for a movie and it tells you, oh, it's right there in the app, right? Well, and so yeah, those, yeah. Are, those are good solutions that TV never got at. And like yeah. before, when it was first announced, it sounded good for a couple of reasons. One, you had this beautiful kind of touchscreen controller that was guaranteed guaranteed to be in your living room. So you yeah, you're not going to lose that thing. You in didn't a couch have to have cushion. an iPad yeah. or an iPhone or something yeah, yeah. to to actually browse. At the time, the interface on a lot of DVRs was not as good. Right. It was hard to find content. Right. It's like even, you know, DirecTV DVRs are still not that great. They're still slow. Mm. But now you can you can get recommendations. You can search for stuff. You can easily channel it. Like, what about the community interaction stuff? Wasn't there some kind of like, oh, you can freeze frame the shot of Modern Family? I mean, so comment. from what I heard, it was interesting for, for sports. But it was always too slow to actually... It, catch up with anything so if you're watching the world series and it's like somebody has a uh, hits a double by the time you go to comment on it they're already on to the next play five minutes later so one of the things that i thought was kind of interesting about it was um it had this kind of imdb thing that would pop up and tell you the actors they're in the movie you could read about the film you were watching um but even that was kind of implemented poorly like i have a i have a kindle tablet and when i if you if i watch a movie on it on the plane it has baked in the uh, IMDb, so it's actually telling me as actors and actresses are appearing on screen, mm-hmm. there's a sidebar that you can pop out that says, like, that's Sandra Bullock. She's yeah. from this, this, and this. And then she talks to, like, Ryan Reynolds for 10 seconds in the film. Ryan Reynolds pops up during that 10 seconds. And, like, all of that has now been implemented. It's, again, it's one of those things Nintendo, like, stuck a pinky toe into the pond and now everyone is just splashing around in it mm-hmm. but yeah. they they got in a little bit they didn't they kind of half-assed it and now they're getting out yeah. but it's still there's still there's still uses for this kind of stuff but they're not the company and to it do felt it. more like a, it felt more like an okay smart remote than a yeah. true kind of a true beautifully designed interactive experience right. and then guys this is the other thing like my remote sits next to me I have a universal remote Logitech makes the GM best status mm-hmm. they're awesome um uh, it controls everything, including PS4 and Wii U and Xbox One. And it's right there on my table, and it doesn't run out of battery. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, if you have a gamepad there for a two-hour movie and you're using it, it will it run out of yeah. battery. And, mm-hmm. like, I think most of us have replaced our batteries with the extended ones. We aren't have, even thinking about yeah. that. But out of the box, it is just not a good device to have lying around. It, it also was in a direct opposition of everything that they were saying for years about what their mission statement is. And that is to focus on games and hmm. to have the Wii U be this frontward facing. I mean, I was on um, I was on Jim Sterling's podcast the other day. And I'm talking about how much I love the Wii U. And this, the re- I said the reason I love it so much is because I, it's one of the few video game systems I can play where I'm having a sort of pure uninterrupted video game experience with very few pop-ups about Netflix and movies and friends st- and stores and friends and mm. and achievements and Did all the you other know stuff. your power settings yeah all of that all of that stuff that's just <laughs> everywhere PS4, stop it yeah everywhere I mean it's, it's just constantly in your face uh, or Twitter upload the Facebook go here go there which is weird though because the Netflix was the a huge success on the original Wii mm-hmm. that was you know Netflix kept on saying 
the we app, the we Netflix app, is our biggest platform. Mm. Right, right. Far. And I think that was sort of in the way that um, DVD player was huge via PS, 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 PS2. PS2. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was sort of like this. They, it Trojan horse into the household yep. of sort of kind of being like, well, the Wii U was uh, one of the cheaper Netflix devices yeah. uh, that also played a ton of games that people wanted to play. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I'm very torn on it. Like, I'm glad they tried it, but... They didn't do it well, um, and ultimately, the Wii U is a game a game system to me. And it's a know? commodity, and it's it's not like the Wii. It's only the Wii where that kind of became a an afterthought. And oh it yeah, got phased out. If you think about the big push on Xbox One, oh my God, to yeah. run your cable or your your satellite receiver through that box, I I, I eventually gave up because I it, did kept, it kept on dropping my signal. It just was not reliable. If, um, if something doesn't work every time, yeah. there is no need to do it. Yeah. It, it is hard. It is harder to do something like when watching a movie uh, through Wii U or TV or whatever that is. Mm-hmm. It's more difficult than just watching a movie. It's not worth doing. And I remember yeah. like the embarrassment I had the first five days. I had an Xbox One where I was like, "Honey, come in here." And my wife would come and sit down, and I'd be like, "Xbox, play the Breakfast Club." And it was like, "Sorry, I don't understand that." And yeah. it was like, "Xbox, play the." And after a while, she just picked up the controller and she just hit the button. You know, you're probably causing lots of Xboxes to do stuff in people's homes. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, if, you, if you're listening on speakers with yeah. this. Right? <laughs> no, Alexa, that's happened. Who is in the movie Speed? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Are you testing out your system at home? Yeah. All right. Well, it, the, it'll answer the wrong thing. The message funny. from Nintendo was every service has a life cycle, and it's time to focus our resource on other projects. Uh, uh, when, also, Nintendo TV did not make it to Europe. I was uh, just going to say, that was one to, thing we didn't add. Yeah. That yeah. actually ne- it didn't have a life it was cycle. It supposed to happen, didn't yep. happen. Uh, consider yourself lucky, Europe, because nothing wasn't. happened. Interesting yeah. enough, I remember the. Um, <laughs> There was a Iwata asks about the TV. Actually, it was Reggie asks. Was it Reggie? It was Reggie asks. So it's, 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 it was fascinating because like you don't think about this stuff, but yeah, there was a team of people working at this at some point. Yep. And then one yeah. day they were just like, I assume a year and a half ago, they were like, what are we doing at work all day? Yeah. I, well, I I mean, props for trying. Yeah. Right? That's, we want to say that part. That's how I feel about yeah. it. All yeah. that stuff. It's like you got to try these things and see what sticks. And sometimes something works and then you lean into it, right? Like if the people behind Justin TV hadn't tried and tried again, you wouldn't have Twitch today, right? Like yeah. you got to – sometimes you got to try something. And when you see a kernel of something that works, you build on it and you make it bigger. I have a slightly self-serving request for Nintendo to try. Why don't you try an IGN app? Because we would like to make one for you. Yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah. That's true. We no, would love that. That's true. We, we, we would hope so one day. Um, because we have plenty of people who listen to the show or watch it uh, through video players. And they tell us constantly, well, if I don't see it on YouTube, uh, I can't see it on an IGN app. Yeah. Anyway, uh, had to do it. Last story. Actually, two stories left. Uh, Smash Wii U 3DS is getting an update. It is inbound. Actually, at the time of this recording, Japan has it. So when I get home, I'm going to try it. Um, this is so. This was revealed by the Japanese Smash Brothers Twitter account, and basically tournament mode, uploading replays to YouTube, me costumes for Crom and King K Rule, which I was very surprised. Wait. There is an audience that wanted King K Rule. So a lot of people were flipping out because apparently there was a patent or something that was like leaked a couple weeks ago, mm. and I think people thought King K Rule was properly coming to Smash. Nope. Um, but like we've said before, the, the costume thing is a cool workaround for stuff like that, mm-hmm. right? It is. But who plays as Me Fighter? Uh, if if we talked about that before, yeah, yeah. Is there anybody out there who plays as Me Fighter? Email us at the... nvc at ign.com. Tell us why you play as Me Fighter. <laughs> I mean, why. you guys, you guys always get. You, I mean, I think we make the mistake on the show a lot of 
assuming that the competitive Smash community is the definitive or loudest, mm-hmm. or they are the most vocal, that's for sure. But I don't think they're the majority of the Smash community. The, few, I, the I, crowd, yeah, yeah. The and you know, I'm 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 glad they're yeah. there. But I think that there's probably millions of little kids who play Smash Brothers, or oh, just casual sure. gamers yeah. who are yeah. just like who got really geeked out at the fact that they can customize a character in Me Fighter. Because I would have loved Maybe. that when I was. But a kid, do they you know? know who King K. Rule is? Um, that's a separate question entirely. <laughs> that is a separate question entirely. Uh, uh, I mean, I don't. Was was he? Was he I've the main never, boss of the last Donkey Kong game that if you were a kid you couldn't get past the third level of because it was really hard? Yeah, yeah. Or at least I couldn't. Oh, <laughs> my get, daughter and I pl- plopped out the. We, get we this man a tissue. Yeah. yeah, it's tough. We're playing Donkey Kong again. Oh, really? It's, it's so well, country. It's really the hard. original? Uh, no, the um, return. Uh, um, the, the last one. Uh, tropical freeze. Tropical freeze. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Yep. I, we, we were we were playing the Africa themed level. Yeah, oh, that so, level's so good. It's so creative. Yeah. Like the stuff just looks so cool. But it is the savanna on fire. It's just brutal, <laughs> especially with two players. You yeah. know, you oh, just yeah. go. Th- you can go through lives like. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm glad. Uh, Yoshi has some of the same. Uh, Yoshi's Woolly World has some of the same. Not so much. It's crazy difficult, but more so that. I jumped up on a platform and the screen scrolled up and you were on the bottom tier, so yeah. you immediately died. Thank God that game doesn't have lives wow. because mm-hmm. uh, that can be frustrating. A um, few other things to add. So there's a Smash hoodie. Uh, and by the way, these costumes are paid DLC. You're not getting them for free, whereas tournament mode and uploading replays to YouTube, I believe you do. Um, and two stages, Peach's Castle 64 and Hyrule Castle 64. Yes! I was so happy to see that. That... Yeah. I have so my my memories of Smash Brothers are all about Hyrule Castle. Yeah, yeah. Because as you know, when that game came out, I was such a huge Zelda fan, still am. And just getting the music, and even though the well, castle Zelda two music didn't, yeah. yeah, getting that music, and then you know the castle, even though it didn't look that hot, it was just I loved playing on that stage. Guess what? Still doesn't look that hot. <laughs> no, of course, like it's still it, it looks kind of funny now with the modern characters superimposed. Yeah, yeah. Too. I'm just I like, actually really I think there? that's really endearing that oh, that they that kept stage. that old school look and put all the yeah. awesome new characters. Oh yeah, on it. no, for sure. I hope that uh, the fountain um, from uh, Melee yep. comes back. I'm surprised that hasn't been a thing yet. Uh, but these stages cost 250 yen each or uh, 350 yen for, per console or 350 yen for t- sort of the bundle together. All right, last story is that three Kirby games are coming to the Wii U eShop. Um, and Bobby. apparently, I mean, are you guys excited? It's 23 years of Kirby. I. Yeah, <laughs> there's no excitement. No, in this I'm not. I like Kirby, but I'm not <laughs> not right. excited. Are you excited um, for, the, for the classic, like the classic games? Like I, I, I still have them everywhere. You mm, know, like so yeah, it, yeah. it's not. I mean, so I actually wanted yeah. to talk about something real quick in in regards to this to uh, Kirby. Well, there was a Kirby collection a couple years ago, right? I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it a couple years than before the that, 25th anniversary Mario. Thing. Right, and a couple years before that, there was a 25th an- anniversary Mario thing, and. Um, Far be it from me to get upset about this kind of stuff, but uh, I played the Mega Man Legacy Collection at Comic-Con where they built an engine from scratch that is recreating and emulating the first six Mega Man games for NES, and it's doing it in uh, different type of filters, in 
crystal clear HD. There's also tons of artwork and digital yeah. files and original concept they art They worked with sketches. Capcom to get access to a lot of stuff. And we just got Rare Replay in the office. And mm. that they're doing some really special stuff in that collection too. I, I don't know how much of I can talk about. I don't know what the embargo no, stuff is. That. No, that's embargo. We can't. Yeah, yeah, we so, cannot. No, we cannot. We cannot. So all, all I will say is that the, the presentation and the packaging around all of that, the menus, uh, there's some really, really, just the games look gorgeous. The preservation involved there is really, really special. And it makes me very upset that Nintendo doesn't put that level of care in their product the way that these third parties are. Because for they, these anniversaries. For the, no, for these anniversaries, for virtual console. See, I think that like the fact that virtual console games are emulated very dark and... Well, no, the, the NES uh, virtual console setup is I think very, that Super very, Mario very All-Stars, mediocre. when it was ported, the fact that it still had SNES buttons in it. Like yeah. uh, that, they couldn't even swap that out or spend the time to it's, care enough. See, to I, don't have, money, I don't have I don't a problem, have a huge problem with, with it be, yeah. be kind of pure emulation. Emulation, if the emulation is good, like I hear you on the NES, yeah. kind of like picture quality. There's, there's everyone squished. There's some, yeah. there's some tweaking needed. They need to mm-hmm. fix that and. Um, I hear you there, but I mean, it's also the company that gave us Wind Waker, right? Like, which was a right, major re- right. remake. Totally, like, I I love it when they do that. When they go to that extent, it feels like the kind of the games we're seeing now, like Uncharted Collection, God of War, Rare Replay. They're more of that level. Like, right. These yeah. are actually they touched up the games a lot. It's a very good point. I, I yeah. love what they did with Wind, Wind yeah. Waker. I love what they did with um, Majora's Mask. Well, and let's Ocarina be Time. clear. Like, we also love what they're doing with uh, Super Mario Maker, which to right. a degree is <laughs> not those classic games, but no. you can very much make those classic games if you wanted or i'm surprised actually those original sort of you know mario 1 mario 3 world new super mario Bros. like they were all weren't included as part of that package but maybe they just didn't see value in that like i don't know what ultimately led to that decision well so that's actually it was that was sort of the light at the end of the tunnel for this conversation is i yeah. was thinking about mario maker and how like they now do have this engine running that's obviously like it's, it, it's a super HD NES, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. With obviously with assets of Mario World and and stuff we saw on the Wii U. Yep. Um, so maybe there is hope there. Uh, I just I want to say that Nintendo ma- had made some of the greatest classic games in the world, and they've resold them more than anybody. But their their sort of attention to detail or care in in preserving these things in the same way that some of these third parties are yeah. is disappointing to me. So I'd like to see no, that's a better a good effort. Point. There. And they definitely pick and choose, right? I mean, do you remember in the Game Boy Advance era there was a series of Famicom slash NES games that were re-released and the packaging at least in Japan the classic NES series for the classic yeah. NES series which was the classic sort of I bought, I bought all of them <laughs> they had them in like these little clear like there was just a lot of care taken into the boxes into recreating the original art into the packaging itself but when you slapped it into your GVA the uh, aspect ratio was actually wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because the screen size was different. Than so the yeah, I actually love squished. I remember that. I love that they did the same thing here in America, where they recreated the old black box series from mm-hmm. NES. Um, they changed the uh, cartridge color to mm-hmm. a, a different gray, and it, it felt like the old NES cartridges. They were even doing stuff. Uh, they put out stickers. I remember there was a at GameStop. <laughs> they did this promotional box that they gave to all the employees there. That was a cardboard box. It looked like an NES. They just got it. There was T-shirts, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. It was it was the '80s all over yeah. again until you actually went to play the games, and they were kind of yeah, rom. It's, it's a weird well, thing. Yeah, and I think yeah. the yeah. interesting point interesting. here too is when you look at um, like NES Remix or uh, yeah, I guess that's the 3D a, classics a prime too. Example. Well, I, uh, yeah, and that. Yeah. Also, where they sort of these reused assets are like I don't know the the one of the Super Luigi like spinoff stuff. 
or S- Speed Mario Brothers, which mm-hmm. was in uh, right. uh, NES Remix Ultimate or whatever, Ultimate NES mm-hmm. Remix, sorry. The place I'm going with this is that it's interesting to see those classic assets remixed and sort of reused and touched yep. up in different ways, but your core catalog for some of those games on your home console don't quite look as good. That said, I think it's just a matter of priorities for them, and for whatever reason, this gen, they didn't feel to do a lot of work towards NES and Famicom, and it is a missed opportunity because yeah, we, for us, we care about that stuff, but when we see it on screen and it looks kind of fuzzy or it yeah. looks kind of... Which is why when I hear this announcement, like not to, not to hijack this conversation, no, but when no, I hear please. this announcement about three classic Kirby games coming, I'm like, I know it comes with a catch. And when you play nostalgic games, you already have that thing in your head where it's not what you remember it, but right. you're still trying to relive that joy. Um, but when it's not what you remember, it, <laughs> plus it's sort of funneled through this darker, grittier, grimier filter, mm-hmm. it hurts. So uh, just I didn't to- know you felt that way about Kirby. Yeah, I thought oh, well. you wouldn't care. Well, and guess what? <laughs> the Kirby games are here. This just got announced. Yeah. Breaking. Uh, Kirby Squeak Squad, Kirby 64, The Crystal Shards can be purchased for $10, and Kirby's Return to Dreamland for 20 bucks. Celebration of Kirby's first appearance in North America in August of 1992. 23 so years a, is an a, odd anniversary to pick. I what, will what, say what, that. So that's an N64 game, a Wii game, and what's the uh, third one? Return to Dreamland was a Wii game. Yeah. Kirby Squeak Squad, I believe, is DS. Yeah. Oh yeah, and so Kirby sixty four. So it's another DS game, another Wii game, and then another N sixty four game, which is cool. Uh, honestly, console. because there aren't a ton of any of those games. There's not a lot, a lot of DS, Wii, or N sixty four games on the Wii U right now. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, whatever. High they price can. though. Yeah, there that's, is. That's a lot. And speaking of a lot, that's this podcast, which is now over. Thank you very much for listening to Nintendo Voice Chat. We are a weekly show on IGN, and it is so good to be back with you too. I Aww. must say, I had fun in Japan. But Thanks for talking on NVC today. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what are you trying to say? No, I'm talk? just saying. Like, you thank people for listening. Oh, like, well, thank uh, you. We got to thank you for talking. Yeah. Okay, I guess. Uh, thank you for listening to Nintendo Voice Chat. We are a weekly show on IGN, and we have a live stream tomorrow just for you, Super Mario Maker. Do not miss it. It is two hours with Nintendo's crazy course creator i'm gonna try so and hard to not curse we are gonna yeah please we i won't i won't but you're gonna you're, <laughs> you're gonna, gonna <laughs> practice tonight you're gonna dig out some old mario games practice i've been, I've been, mario I've been practicing not cursing my entire life it just hasn't all worked right. <laughs> okay. all right well uh we're we are not the only podcast on ign there is podcast unlocked there is give me an entertainment podcast i don't know well we've got keeping shows. it real keeping it um, real that's that's pre- still actively run we've got uh our anime po- uh, podcast okay and then we just spun up um Overclocked. Overclocked is yeah. a PC, PC podcast. podcast. That's right. Uh, with a bunch of our PC elitists. That's right. Uh, from the office. I love those guys, though. They're really good. You should check them out. Um, and also, if you have feedback on Nintendo Voice Chat, you can do a couple of things. First of all, you can email us at mvc at ign.com. You can also head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. Why not? Let us know how we're doing. We always check out your feedback, believe it or not. And uh, we are very grateful for those of you who have sent reviews and who have sent emails. Uh, thank you very much for doing that. Lastly, you can find us on Twitter. You can find Per Schneider at Agent Bizzle. You can find Brian Altano at Per underscore what is it? <laughs> per IGN. <laughs> All right, let's do this over. You can find Per IGN. At yeah, you can find Per IGN. Per Schneider IGN. at Per IGN. Yep. You can find Brian Altano Agent at Agent Bizzle. And you can find myself, Jose underscore Otero. Thank you very much for listening to Nintendo Wish Chat, and we will be back next week. Thank you.
contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.